Hallelujah. Amen. Revival was such a great time. Amen. Can somebody give a shout out for God just for the revival? Amen. It was funny because, you know, me and my dad, you know, we, uh, it's hard, you know, being pastors because, you know, we don't know, he didn't know who was going to preach. So he said, get something ready. So I did. And, and then he said, well, now it's Mission Sunday. So he dropped a bomb on me and he said, now I need you to get dressed. I said, in what? He said, your Pakistan clothes. I said, okay. I looked, I was like, man, I was like, God's got a real sense of humor because when you can dress in Pakistan clothes and you can pass for any other race in the world, God's got humor. So I said, I can go over there, I can fit in, I can, I can dress in the United States, I can fit in, I can go to Asia, I can fit in. I said, man, there's a lot of places I can go. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> but I want to do thank you, I want to thank you, Pakistan, you know, for the clothes, for the fa my family's clothes. It was great. They fit comfortable, right? You know, man, I'm not going to lie, they're real comfortable, right? They, you know, it's not my style, but they comfortable. I look like I'm good with Kung Fu, right? But, amen, but that's, that, that's what you get, right, is in, when you get in revival, you have the spirit of God, and it's just so much joy that, you know, sometimes you can't contain it. But there's a part of the revival that I don't want you to forget. And tonight, today's topic is guarding your roots. The roots. See, the roots is what we came from. The roots is what God planted in us. It's our past, it's our background, but it's in there, it's there, it's when in the home, it's in the church, the, the roots is what we need in order to thrive. Father, we come to you today, God, God, we just want to ask you for a supernatural anointing, God. God, strengthen our roots. God, we want to thank you for the revival. We want to thank you for everything you're doing in our lives. But God, most importantly, let us not forget to take care of our roots. God, hide me behind the cross and strengthen me. Let your words flow through me and out of me. In your son's precious name, amen. Amen. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 13 through 14. See, revival was such a great time. But the one thing we can't forget to have is our roots. And you see in 2 Timothy 1, verse 1 verse 13 through 14 says this, and the word Lord reads, it says, retain the standard of sound words which you have heard from me in the faith and love which are in Christ Jesus. Guard through the Holy Spirit who dwells in us the treasure which has been entrusted to you. See, I want to I introduce you to what do you let, who do you let impart in your life? Because sometimes we let some people for make us forget our roots we let them uproot what God instilled us in the first time we let the roots of what God parted into us we let people take it out of us see Martin Luther said this the grace of God is very great it's strong it's mighty and it's an active thing it does not lie asleep in the soul grace hears leads drives draws changes works all in man and lets itself be distinctly felt and experienced. It is hidden, but its works are evident. And see, it's the same thing in a revival. See, when God, you know, if you miss the revival, then you miss something. You miss your blessing. But if you were there, you got something. And God imparted and entrusted it to you to handle it. See, did you enjoy the revival? 
Did you have a great time? See, like Pastor Raymond said, a revival is bringing something alive. And sometimes we have to tell our spirit to come alive. See, after the revival, it's always common of the enemy to come and try to take away what God has put in us. See, it's always common that it's always before and after a conference, after every revival, after every word, after everything that God's doing good for us. The enemy always wants to come and take that away from you. It's, it's common. But he makes a mistake. I love it when he makes mistakes. Don't you love it when the enemy has a repetition to his tactics? He always does it. It's the same thing over and over. It's the same tactic he uses. He just changes his appearance. See, he loves to do the same thing. He just changes the style of how he does it. See, Mark chapter 8, verse 15, it reads like this. It says, be careful, Jesus warned them. Watch out for the yeast of the Pharisees and that of Herod. But see, if you look in the spiritual aspect of what Jesus was talking about, see, Satan always loves to throw these things at us. And what it is, it's the spiritual, right? It's the religious, and then there's the political, amen? He was talking about there's religious warfare, and then there's the political warfare. See, Jesus shows what kind of tactics the enemy will use. The first is religious. I'm not saying, you know, we're religious, you know, Christianity is not, not a religious thing. It's a faith-based, amen? It's a relationship-based. That's what it is. But see... What religious tactics is where the enemy wants to keep you where you're at comfortably, where you are comfortable. If he keeps you there, right, because after every revival, you know, we always, everybody gets all excited. We all get energetic. We all get pumped up. We're like, yes, come on, God, let's do something great. Do something mighty in my life. I want to do this, this, that, that for you. I want to go and preach the gospel in Maybach. I want to go to Pakistan. I want to go do all these things. But the enemy wants to keep you where you're at comfortable. Because if he keeps you there, he's going to keep you from going from glory to glory. You can't go from the level if you're comfortable. Because, see, you know, Jesus never let us say, you know, Jesus didn't say, hey, this life, you live Christianity, it's not going to be easy. He didn't say it's just going to be a cakewalk to where you can just walk into the church and automatically go from glory to glory. He said, no, it's going to be a struggle, it's going to be a fight, and you're going to have to do it. But the enemy knows that if he can get you based on your comfortability, right, if he can find you where you're comfortable at and he keeps you there, then he, you ain't moving from glory to glory. You're stuck. And we just had a revival. And that's the one. See, this is a, this is a man, I mean, this is to help you I mean, overcome the areas where the enemy wants you to get stuck. Right? Why are we always so pumped up when, you know, the revival's over and it's going and a few days later, we go back to where we're comfortable. We go back to where the fire started to die. Where we got back to, I'll do it because it's not how I don't want to do it. It's not because, you know, I got paid to do it. It's just, I do it. It's a, it's a command. Right? But when we get set free, when we get saved, when, we, you know, when you first walk in the church, when you first get saved by Jesus Christ, right, we're always on fire for God. We're ready to do anything for God. Without getting paid, without worrying what our you know family's doing, we do it because we 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 want to serve, we want to give back. But we fall into comfortability after the revival. Why? It's because that's where the enemy knows he can't. You can't get your other breakthrough. You can't get your blessing if you don't go. 
And then the religious tactic is to keep you from seeing your true blessing. And then the second, the second tactic, of course, is the political. This is not what I'm saying. is It's not, you know, the politics of today. It's not the world government. But it's the position. This tactic of the enemy, right? We get so on fire for God. We love doing things for God, right? We get, we hope, we holler, we jump up, we love to serve. But then the enemy likes us to go for a position. When God, amen, when if you read the Bible, amen, Jesus says, you know, he says, you know, who they ask him, who's the greatest king? He says, the least shall be the greatest in the kingdom. Right? He didn't say, you know, everybody's going to be, you know, everybody's going to be, you know, this person's going to be number one, this person's going to be number No, he means they're all, I mean, the least are the greatest. We're all equal. Nobody's, you know, just because you got a title with your name don't mean nothing. You can strip a title from a man of God and he'll still preach. You can strip a title from a man of minister and I promise you, he'll still go hit the streets for Jesus. See, so why is it that when the enemy uses the position, do we change? Why does it when the enemy uses a position in our lives that we have to give up on what the when, what God really imparted in us? See, now, if you can look at a tree, right, if you can picture just a tree, it's a beautiful tree, right? You can make it whatever tree you want, apple tree, cedar tree, oak tree, whatever you want, tree you want, right? But it's a tall tree, has fruit, has beautiful leaves, right? But we don't, but we, well, we see it. We see it with the naked eye. But what you don't see is the root system. The root system. See, we can see the fruit. We can see the body. But with our own eyes, you can't, you don't got x-ray vision. You can't see the, you can't see the roots. See, the root's job is not only to provide stability, but it's also to provide nutrients for the tree. See, now if we look at the church in this, right, if we look at a tree and we look at the church, we have so much in common. Right? We all have a body. We all have a trunk. We all have fruit, right? God says, you, I, I know my children because they produce. They know my name. They know my voice. But we all have a root system. And, it's, and, you know, Christianity, it's all about how far, you you know, you can go. And see, the roots are such a crucial point, especially in this church and especially in Victory Life. You know, when you look at the root system of a tree, this tree depends on the roots. It's like how we repent, like how we depend on God. We need God. So does a tree need roots. So in our own lives... We need to implant our roots into God. See, the roots are whole, or what that hold the tree. The roots start to die, then the tree slowly dies. But it doesn't show the evidence of death. It doesn't show that it's starting to die. See, when the root system fails and everything around it, and finally the tree dies, and you look at the roots, you can tell. See, in Tim see, when Paul told Timothy, he said to guard what God has instilled in him. See, in this ministry, we need to guard the roots of ourselves into the church. If we don't go to the roots, then our whole work, our whole, you know, without faith, you know, it says nothing, anything is, everything is impossible. With God, all things are possible. But faith and works go hand to hand. 
right? But this is what this is what killed me is that, you know, if we forget to amend and look at the roots and go back to our roots, we'll lose what God instilled in us. Because it's the roots that made us grow. It's the roots that helped us become who we are. You know, we didn't just, you know, Victory Life didn't get here just because, you know, we got blessed with $5 million. And, you know, someone said, moved out to East Texas, we'll give you five, you know, five mil. It's not what happened. You know, same thing with our own lives. If you look at your own life, you didn't come from where you are just by sitting there and somebody handing you something. You had to work for it. You had to take care of it. You had to mend it. And it's the same thing in our own church. We have to go back to the roots and look at it. See, if we look at our roots, then we can find out where we're at. And then my first point, though, is to guard the roots. See, guarding your roots is mean protecting, checking on your roots. Because if we don't guard the roots, then we lose the passion. We lose what God gave us. And most importantly, we forgot what we're meant to do. See, the first point is establish some solid ground. See, in Luke 6.49, amen, Jesus tells the parable of the man that built his house on some shaky ground. And then you had a man that built his house on the rock. And the storms came over, but the house wasn't knocked down. It's the same thing in our own lives, especially in our root system and in the church and in our own lives. We need to look at where we're planting our, where we're planting our seeds. Where is your seed planted? Where are your roots? If your roots are on the top soil where you can, you can walk on, then they're not going to grow because they can't spread out. And without them spreading out, you can't grow. You can't, be, you can't grow into who God wants you to be. You can't grow into your destiny. You can't grow at all. See, if we don't establish some solid ground, if we don't go back and look at our roots and make sure they're established on the firm truth of what God imparted into us, then we'll lose the growth. And you'll die quicker than you know. See, when you're establishing the ground, you need to make sure it's the right type of soil. You need to make sure it's the right type of an, of an area for that tree. And see, God called you not only to the church, not only to the ministry, but he called you in your own lives. You didn't get, just get wildly chosen here in Victory Life. You didn't get chosen here wherever you are at, where you're at in life. You were established there. And, you know, the revival is such a great time to reflect and, you know, to find out and to revive the dead things. And it's a great time to establish some new seeds. It's a great time to start something new in our lives. It's a great time to bring back what was lost. It's a great time, amen, to put our trust and go back and find things that was lost and establish it on Christ. My second point is equip the tools. Equipping the tools that God gives you. See, you know, we talk about the armor of God all the time in the home. We talk about it all the time in the church, right? But God gives us, you know, he gives us the tools 
not to just leave this world alone, not to just, you know, give it, give us just a here you go and I'm leaving you. You know, there's a scripture I read and it really create, like, you know, got me going was, you know, God says, you know, I make a way for, out of everything. He says, you know, I'm not going to, you know, you're not going to go through something and not have a way out. He said, I'm going to give you a way out. He said, you just got to find a way. And see, when we're, when I'm talking about guarding the roots, right, you got to equip the right tools, right? You're not going to take a spoon and try to go dig a hole. Found some new discipline now. Found some new discipline. Thank you, Jesus. Right? But you're not going to, you're not going to find a gardener with a spoon and try to dig a hole. He'll be there for hours and hours. You don't, you don't find a gardener with the right tools because of what? He's equipped to start it. He's equipped to start the job that needs to be done. He's equipped because he knows that if he doesn't get this right, then the roots will die. And the whole thing, he just wasted his whole, whole time. He wasted his whole time trying to plant something that wasn't right from the get-go. So you have to equip the tools that God gives you in order for the roots to keep growing. Right? When, when a tree gets bigger, you know, I, I, I researched this. Thank God for Google. I said, okay, Google, help me out here. Thank God for Google. You made it, right? But I asked Google, I was like, hey, Google, you know, what happens when a tree, you know, needs to be moved? He said, well, if you're doing it in a potting soil, he said, if you have it in a pot, once it gets, once the roots get past the pot, he said, you have to take it out of the pot and move it and dig a bigger hole. He said, you have to work. But he said, you know, I said, okay, well, what kind of tools do I need if I need to, he said, you need a shovel. He said, you better have a good back because you're going to be bending a lot. But the thing is, is, you know, God gives us spiritual tools to equip. He gives us the word of God. He gives us prayer, right? He gives us the pastor. He gives us the word. You know, he gives us a lot of tools in our own life. But we have to, we have to equip them in order to succeed. See, revival is such a great time, amen, to get refreshed, to revive. But I also think, you know, it's a time to go back and make sure to guard the roots. Because if, if you can take the roots out of something and get it out of the root system, whatever was planted will die. And my third point is this, self-mending. Self-mending. See, this is where we have to stop always relying on God, on the pastor, on the leaders, just to help us grow. You know, God didn't say this is the race your pastor's going to run for you. This isn't the race that, you know, the pastor's wife is going to run for you. This isn't the race your leaders are going to run for you. God said this is the race you're going to have to run. He says we all run our race individually. And see, this is where we have to come to the point Right, we get so on fire, we get you know, we get turned up with the Holy Ghost, we get on fire, we do all these great things. And it's such an amazing experience, but at the same time, we don't have to we don't need to forget that sometimes we need to self do it. Sometimes we need to do it in order to get it complete. You know, I used my mom and my dad always used to tell me, Hey, you know, you need, why don't you go clean this up? I said, well, why do I always have to? You know, it's not mine. The greatest excuse in the world is kids, right? Every, every kid uses that excuse at least once in their life. 
Why do I got to clean it up, man? This ain't mine. Right? It's like church. Why do I got to pick up the trash? It ain't mine. I didn't throw it there. What are you getting on me for? Say, my gosh. Come on, God. I didn't, I didn't. You know, and then God rebukes you for it because God's like, hey, I told you to pick up the trash. You're like, ain't mine. What do you got to worry about it? But why does it take them in order to make us do something? But what I always remember from a kid was, you know, is that my parents always told me it doesn't matter. If you see something that needs to be fixed or thrown away, you need to take the initiative and do it. So why is it in our own lives, right? Why do we always have to have the pastors? Why do we always have to have the preachers behind the pulpit? Why do we always have to have the worship team always trying to ignite the fire of God and keep it burning? Why do we always got to make them make us do it? You know, we come from a revival, right? I've seen, I've seen most of y'all jumping around. I'm like, okay, I'm going to watch. I'm going to watch how many people stop jumping. I'm going to start watching. Yeah. Because I, I do it all the time, man. You can't, you, you can't scheme a schemer that used to do it. You know, you come from a revival. You're jumping around, and then two days later, you're, you're in the back what, going, Kumbaya, my love. What's for lunch, my Lord? What's for lunch? Kumbaya. Right? No, but for real. You know, it's funny how we change when, you know, we have a revival, but a few days later, we forget what it was like to have the revival. It's like we forget. It's like we were three days into a revival. Everybody jumped around screaming, hooting, hollering. You know, you had Pastor Anthony Anderson, Pastor Henry singing, man, that guy right there will make the spirit fall if he has to. He'll bring the whole church down with God if he has to, to drop a nugget, right? But how do we forget? How, how do we go from, you know, feeling God's presence to being motivated to do things to just grow and grow and grow? And then we come back a few days later, and we lose it. We lose it. And that's where the third point comes in. It's self-mending. God says, look, I'm entrusting you with it. It's up to you to decide what to do with it. I give it to you. Here you go. It's your responsibility. Right? We all, you know, as a, as a child, we always used to say, you know, I want some more responsibility. You know, stop treating me like a kid. I want to grow. Right? And now God says, okay, well, now you want to be a, a man or a woman of God. Now, here you go. I'm trusting you. Let's see what you got. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I learned that from the home. Right? But this is the thing. is If God's entrusting you with, with, the, with the spirit, right? And he's entrusting you with a breakthrough, with a revival, with, amen, with a vision, with a passion. But we don't self-mend it, right? We don't, amen. Later, Paul tells Timothy, amen, you have to fan the flame of your gift. You have to. He says, you got to fan it. He's like, I'm not going to come over there and just fan it for you. He says, you have to, right? And so it's self-mending, right? When we look at our own Christian life, you know, do we always read our Bibles? Do we always, you know, pray? Do we always... Do we at least spend time with Jesus? It doesn't have to be every minute of every day, you know, reading the whole Bible. You know. But do you spend the time for Jesus? I mean, shoot, we're going to watch the Super Bowl. You know, you know not really that important. Pat's going to win anyways. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. It started revolting the church, right? <laughs> right? But if you, <laughs> Holy Ghost, right? But if you think about it, I'll start the fight between the families, right? But it's just like the Super Bowl, right? We get so hyped, and then the Super Bowl's over, and we're like, everybody's like, well, 
you know, they won, it's over. You know, there's, you know, but you got those fanatics, of like the Super Bowl, like the fan, like the super diehard fans. But like, you got the people that are down, they're like, oh, y'all lost. You know, I did that, I don't remember when I did it. I had, it was, I think it was Denver and Carolina, it was Denver Broncos and Carolina Panthers. Everybody was on the Panthers side. I was like, I'm going to be Denver. I said, watch, as soon as they win, I'm going to yell in front of all your fans. I promise you, as soon as they, I, as soon as they won, I, Days after days after days, I'd tell all the doubters. I said, should have told, should have taken my bet. I said, you should have chosen the Broncos because it's me. I don't know. Every time I choose a team, God always does it for me. Right? But it's the same. <laughs> right? Oh, Lord. Right? But it's the same way, right? You know, you got those fanatics of everything, right? You got the fanatics of sneakers, and they'll talk about their shoes. They'll talk about their cologne. They'll talk about anything you get them to. Any, like, we all do it, man. <laughs> right? <laughs> Air Jordans, you know what I'm saying? I promise you. But what it is is they always have the repetition. If you ever notice somebody, right, that loves something so much, they do it over and over and over again. But it's not somebody motivating them to do it. It's because they motivate themselves to do it. It's the same thing with God. God said, look, I am trusting you, not only my Holy Spirit and my son inside of you and entrusting him with you, but I'm entrusting my vision into you. He says, now it's your job to self-do it. Right now, I'm not saying you're not going to have the pastor to help you along the way. You're not going to have, you know, the leaders to help you. But sometimes God wants you to take a leap of faith and do it just to show them what you got. Right? Because, amen, we always, amen, we always say, you know, revival, revival. Right? And it's just the greatest time because when you think about it, you know, we always have the people that say, well, God called me to do this and serve in the church and work with kids and help Mama Heather or, you know, just anybody and everybody in the church. Right? But then when they start doing it, they're like, I don't think I'm called to do this no more. Like, I'm sorry, God. Like, sorry, God. Uh, you told me I'm good with this area, but I think I'm going to go listen to pastor. Nothing wrong with that. But you gained a vision from God. You gained your passion. But you said, I, I'm not going to do it because it discomforts me. Because it's not comfortable. Because I don't get the recognition. You know, I used to love cleaning the toilets in the church, man. That was my fun job. First of all, it got me away from, you know, my only prayer time. <laughs> I'm going to be honest here. I used to get out of prayer time for cleaning the toilets. That was, that was it. I promise you, you, you know, toilets become your best friend when you want to get out of prayer sometimes. You know, you pray, you pray for days on end and you're like, toilets need to be cleaned. You got your man. I got it, Jesus. I receive it. Jesus called me to do it. Yes, God. Right? I'm not going to lie, right? I'm not going to lie to y'all. Right? Man, clean toilets were always my friend when I wanted to get out of something. Easiest way to get out of something with my family, I got to go clean. Best excuse I ever used. Find something to clean. You, you ever want to get out of trouble, just go clean something. You ever want to make your leaders happy? You want to make the pastor happy? Go Say, go go clean your car. I'll go clean your car. Yeah, you got this one, though. Right? But this is what's funny is 
you know, when we look at God, he entrusts us with something so great that he knows we'll need help. But he says, I want to see how far you can go before you need to rely on somebody. He says, I want you to do everything right in the right way, in the right path. But sometimes you got to get off the training wheels and start riding for yourself. See, the roots are so crucial to our lives. If we let our roots die, then revival cannot last, and it goes away. But if we can mend and guard the roots, then revival won't just let die in a few days or a few months, but it will last if you, keep, if you keep your roots growing strong. See, we need to go, hey amen, can I get the worship team up here? See, we need to get back to where we first met God. Amen, we always say, amen, when, amen, the first night of revival is one of the best nights. Amen, because it brings you back to the place of remembrance. It brings you back to the place where you first met God. Broken, but a lot of hope inside of you. A hope for a better future. See, when we first met God, he was the planner. When we first met God, he was the planner. He was the gardener. He was the tender. But he, and he watered you. And he made you grow. See, we need to get back to hitting our knees. We need to go back and guard what was our first love. You know, revival is about going back to what we first loved. And Christianity is the same thing. But sometimes we ignore the roots and then our revival dies. So does the fire. When did, you know, when did we ever start doing things just for a paycheck in ministry? When did we ever start, you know, when we first started in ministry, when did it ever become about the paycheck? Or when did it ever become about the position? Ministry was about falling more in love with God and seeing where he was taking us. That's what we do in ministry. The roots, we can't ignore the, root, the roots in revival. Because if we ignore the roots, the vision perishes. And we're in the Bible it says, amen, without vision, men perish. So if we ignore the roots, if we ignore the roots of our own ministry, if we ignore the roots of our own lives, what happens to the passion and the fire we got during the revival? What happens to that passion? What happens to when we, you know, when we got to see, when your family got to see you for the first 30 days of your life, of your new life, excited to see you. But don't ever forget the roots. Because if you don't guard your roots, the enemy will take you out that way. He doesn't need to make anything else hectic in your life. He just goes straight for the source. If he cuts the source, he cuts you down. How are your roots this morning? Are you speaking life into your, your roots to revive them? So how are your roots? You know, I remember back when we first started is that we used to go all days, all hours of the night just to praise God. You know, the ministry was small, but the fire of God could never be quenched. 
And it's the same thing in your life. How's the fire doing in your life? Where are your roots? Are you on the top soil? Or did you work and mend it to get back to where you're supposed to be? Amen. So I'm going to open up this altar and, you know, the revival's never finished because revival goes with those who carry it. So how are your roots? Ask yourself, where are you at with your roots? How far do they go into God? Are you where you're supposed to be with God? And is the revival still burning inside of you even when you leave and you go home? Amen. So, Father, we want to thank you today, God, for this day. Father, we ask you just to release the anointing, release the guardship of the roots. Bring us back to our roots, O oh God, and strengthen us, Father.